I want you all to know that today, this afternoon, later this afternoon, I told Brenda, I said, I'm going to, or I'm going to take you somewhere and we're going to get out of this mess. And uh, today, this afternoon, four o'clock, we fly out and I'm, I'm flying her to uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> and I'm not lying either. And uh, yeah, if the, all the flights do well. Listen, hey, I know how to bless my woman, amen. <laughs> Actually, Pastor Brent and I, uh, tomorrow evening, uh, then I have to speak Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, then Wednesday morning, we're going to be ministering to uh, a connect called Connection Conference with the Minnesota District, and we'll be speaking to about 600 folks. They're all ministers and their spouses. And so Pastor Brent and I will be ministering, praying for us. And uh, part of they want to know the journey that we walk and still walk uh, as we walked with Sarah. They want to know that because there's a lot of pastors out there going through their own pain and own anguish. And uh, you pray God use us just to be healing balm and strength to them and uh, get their courage and their faith back up. Amen. So good to see all of y'all this morning. Are you ready for the word of God today? Oh, it's a good day for the Word of God. You don't need to go to your Bibles right now for a main text, but we started this series. We'll be getting in the Word here in just a second. But we started this series called Raising the Bar. And uh, it's talking about how we build resilience in our life as believers. I told you last week that I kind of feel like the Holy Spirit said for this congregation, for those of you watching, for those of you that consider this your church home, that God is raising up resilient people out of this church. Resilience. And that's after you've been bent, you've been kicked in, you've been pressured, you've been attacked, you've been traumatized, you've suffered loss. Resilience is the ability to go back to the original form of what it was after it's been bent, pressure's been put on it, the fire's been put to it, it goes back to its original, original position, its original shape. And I believe what the Holy Spirit is doing is through resilience, you're going to stay to your original purpose and Satan, not Lucifer himself, will take you off track of the mission that God has for your life personally. Can I get a witness in this room? I'm not talking just in this room. Come on, in your house. Resilience is coming to the people of God. You will be marked as the resilient Jesus follower. But resilience is not about having this phony, I got it all together, Jesus is Lord. No fire hits you. You get bent. There are spiritual crashes, wrecks. It's not about, it's not about just acting like problems don't exist. The attack of the enemy doesn't come against a church or a ministry or your company. Resilience is not about avoiding the challenges of life and acting like you're deluded and don't know they exist. That, that's a whole different level of you need help from somebody else. But it's about developing the skills and the disciplines the Holy Spirit gives you through the word to bounce back to your original purpose and staying on what God has called you personally to do and be. And if you're sucking in air, you have an assignment. Don't you even let the enemy dumb that down because I will deal with that because there are five practices. There are regiments that you got to do weekly workouts of what makes you resilient. And we identify them. And so we want to go through them real quick. And it's, it's like going to the gym and we're going to go to the spiritual gym every single day. And I'm marking five specific things 
that I want you to practice so you have resilience. And so the first one we talked about was last week was appreciation, practicing appreciation, convolt, uh, cultivating gratitude. You don't just thank God for what you have, you thank God for the gifts of the people around you, but you don't just thank God for the gifts, it all centers back to one thing, the one who gave it to you. And so some of you are sitting at home, and uh, while you're there at home and you're listening, I want you to be thinking about who you have not showed appreciation to and start Monday. Figure somebody that you're every Monday you're going to take and show gratitude. A teacher, an instructor, someone in your life, a family member, a neighbor, a kid that bags the groceries that you always see with a smile. Somebody you intentionally show appreciation to. And it's healthy for you, amen? Go, re go listen to the message. But that's Monday. Today, Tuesday, we're going to start this Tuesday, and this is what I'm going to be teaching on today, is compassion. People who are resilient not only show gratitude, but they have compassion. They practice kindness to other people around them. They not just show appreciation. They do something with it. They practice kindness, and we're going to talk more about that. Then Wednesday, we're going to be talking about identification. Wednesday's going to be identification. It's where you find your God image, and when, and when you know you're unconditionally loved by God, when you get it that you are unconditionally loved by God, it reminds you of whose you are, and you start knowing who you are, because the problem with our culture is identity is being snatched from believers and people in this entire world because they don't know whose they are, so they don't know who they are because they never know his true love for them. And we're going to deal with that. Thursday is going to be anticipation. We're going to start working on hope-filled thinking. And that hope-filled thinking comes for your understanding of the word of God and the presence of God. And once you start getting the word and presence in you, guess what you can begin to do? You begin to discover that freedom is accessible to you when you're facing the challenges and when the enemy is trying to kick you in, beat you up, you can still have hope no matter what you've been through. And then on Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays, everybody's working for the weekend. We're going to talk about practicing connection, building relationships, because God did intend you to build your strength by life-giving relationships being placed in your life and you reaching out to them intentionally. So we're going to be covering. That's going to be the workout. You'll see it every week. You'll see it in social media. But today, we're going to talk about what we're going to do Tuesday. Monday's appreciation, but Tuesdays, I want you to intentionally practice compassion. Compassion. It's the ability to practice kindness. And you and I have to be intentional about practicing compassion and kindness. You have to be intentional because usually the ones you have to give it to are the people that will never tell you thank you or people that don't deserve it then we really know if you're practicing compassion. Well, we'll get in that in just a moment. But I want you to go to Galatians with me. Go to the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And I want to take you especially to verses 22 and 23 as we're talking about compassion and practicing kindness. And I think the best place to go to that is that we go to Galatians chapter 5, and let's go to verse 22, and let's start there. It said, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Notice it says fruit. It doesn't say fruits. Unlike gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, some of you might have the gift of prophecy, the gift someone have the gift of faith, and the other person may not practice that gift or have it as much. The Bible's telling us that the Holy Spirit has one kind of fruit. It's not fruits like, well, 
I can be loving, but I can't be patient. No, the Spirit produces this. Now, let me back up a little bit. Everybody say this very important three words, the Holy Spirit produces. Can you say it? You at home, come on, let's say it together. The Holy Spirit produces. So let me just tell you this. This is not something that you muster up yourself. Because I'm going to tell you, sometimes you're going to have to be compassionate to the person that just sounded off on Facebook that doesn't think like you think, and you thought they were a Christian. And they might be an enemy of yours. Because you can't produce this kind of stuff on your own. Nobody does, not even your pastor. The Holy Spirit is the one that produces this kind of fruit. Because once you think you're the one that's compassionate, you have totally missed compassion. You are living a spiritually deluded life because it's only the Holy Spirit that has the power to put this in your pastor and nobody else. So how many believe we're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to produce this in us, amen? So that's very important because you can fly right past that and not see that. That it's not fruits that I have this one but not this one. No, it is fruit. This comes out of you and the Holy Spirit is the one that does it in you. Ready for this? Let's read on. That produces this kind of fruit in our lives. So let's read them out loud. You see them on the screen. Ready? Come on, everybody join us. Those of you online, you can see the scripture there as well. Let's say it together. Ready? He produces in our lives. Ready? Love, joy, kindness, goodness, There is no law against these things. Now, notice he says it is fruit. So when you think naturally of fruit, here's what you got to understand. Whatever you're connected to is what you produce. So if you're a prejudiced person, I can tell you that the people that you're connected to are probably prejudiced or you have deep relationship with. If you're a doubter, I can, I can tell you right now, you're probably a person that's around people that's always doubting. If you're a person that's always antagonistic, you probably hang around antagonistic people. Because I'm going to tell you how many know root produces fruit. Y'all didn't go out and plant tomato plants this summer. You don't go plant tomato plants and hope you get grapes. How many know root produces fruit? So if we're wanting this fruit of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit produces it, then that means I've got to stay connected to the root. If you noticed in that line of the fruit of the Spirit that there's something missing, it is directly related to my disconnection with the particular root that produces that fruit. How many want to produce more of that in your life? Just get connected to the root because you can't produce it. The root produces it. That's why Jesus says this in John 15, 5. He said, I am the vine, you are. And he says, he who abides in me and I in him, he bears much. Everybody say it at home too. Everybody say it bears what much? What much fruit. So whatever I'm connected to, the root produces fruit. You know, what's interesting about this word kindness, it's really, really interesting when you study it. In the Greek, in the Greek, you see that the word Christ or Messiah, the word Christ, it's very interesting, is the word Christos, which is Christ. And the word for kindness is Christos. Isn't that interesting? 
that you can't be kind unless you are connected to Christ. You can't. Not genuinely do it and do it without receiving anything back. I mean, we love to be kind as long as we get recognized. They didn't even text me to tell me. You can at least do that. This is the real kind of Christos is when you are connected to Jesus Christ. In fact, in the first century, the first century believers, the first century Christians were not called, they were just not only called Christians, they were called Christos, they were called kindness. So in the first century believers, they sold out to Jesus. They, they, were fighting, they were fighting uphill the whole time. And whenever they saw a Christian, they would call them Christos instead of just call them Christ, the followers, they would be called kindness. They were known in that culture for kindness. How many believe we need a baptism and a revival of kindness because we're getting closer and closer to the vine? If it's disconnected, root produces fruit. So let's, let's look at this just for a moment, this, this word kindness when we looked at Galatians chapter 5. Okay, look at this. Now, how many of you have just been around enough and just kind of noticed that our culture... When it comes to kindness, the milk of human kindness is curdling in our culture. I'm just not just our culture, sometimes in the church world. Just kind of curdling. How, I just believe everyone needs kindness, and I'll just be honest to, with you. I believe people relate to kind people. Even when they're being jerks, and they know you ought to respond with being a jerk, I just honestly believe that everyone needs it and people can relate to it no matter what their race, their age, no matter what their gender. I'm telling you, they relate to kindness. I like something Mark Twain said. He said, kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can read. That's pretty powerful. That's, that's truthful. So kindness is to be an everyday attribute of the Jesus Christ follower. We've got to keep connecting the fruit. The more we disconnect from it, the less kindness and compassion we have. Kindness is to be an everyday in the believer. Look what Paul said to the church in Colossae. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly love, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. He said, you cannot be spiritual streakers in this culture you live in. Put some clothes on. <laughs> put your clothes on. And that word clothe literally means to put it on. To put it on. I got to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, this person right now is in front of me with 21 items and it clearly says 15 items. And so you don't say anything, but you get inside their pay space just to know that you're not doing it right. You get closer and closer to them while they're trying to check out. You know how it is. I had it this morning at McDonald's. You didn't move fast enough. I just moved up a little closer. I needed God to clothe me. You got to put it on. This is the reality of it. You choose to wear the Holy Spirit or you don't. You choose to be like Jesus or we don't. If I get closer to him, not something I'm trying to perform, because performance in this compassion stuff can really jerk you around and dilute you in your walk with God. Did you hear what I said? Performance for compassion will really trip you up bad. 
And we'll deal with that in just a moment. But you got to choose. So if you must choose between being kind or being right, be kind and you'll always be right. Just let it sink in for a moment and have a sila moment just for a moment. If you got to choose between being kind or being right on this issue, you be kind and you will always be right. I have discovered something, friends. Oh, I have discovered something. It took me a long time to learn this, but you will not change someone's view if your opinion is not clothed in kindness. It just isn't happening. It just is not happening. I know some well-intentioned Jesus followers, but it's just not going to happen if you can at least clothe it with the spirit of humility and kindness. How are we doing, everybody? Well, let me just go a little further. Do you know the word kindness is used over 17 times in the New Testament? 17 times. And eight of those 17 times, it is directly related to how God is kind to us. Eight of those seven times, how good he is kind. How many thank God for his kindness? Oh, I'm so thankful. God's kind. Look what Paul said. Paul was looking at in Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. Look what he's saying to those believers. He says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is? Not with them, you. Sam Reifkoga can be a jerk. Don't say Amen. This is not a good day to say amen. I will preach to myself on this one, please. And so will you. But he says, with you. With you. He's had to tolerate and put up with my attitude. He's had to put up with my lack of patience with what he's doing. He says, but he is patient and taught. He says, does this mean nothing to you, Paul said? Doesn't this mean anything to you? Why are you coming down with such a hammer on social media and with other people? Don't you know what he did with you? Why are you so quick to abandon them? Don't you see what he did with you? Wow. He says, can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin?" Sam, can't you see it? Can't you see it? How tolerant and kind he was? Ma'am, don't you see it? Well, I, I need to, but, I, but, but the Bible says, I get it. But don't you see the kindness part of it? How about we unearth all of your testimony and see what happens? Because nobody's told their whole testimony. Nobody. I bet you all at home are really thanking God you're at home right now. Amen. <laughs> Stay tuned. There's more to come. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking because here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal because I know what you're thinking. I'm already there. I'm already ahead of you because I have the word of knowledge. I'm cheating. But I know what you're already thinking. Are you meaning to tell me that we should just slide over the perversion and the stuff that's happening with my family and the stuff happening with culture? Do you think, are you just sliding, are you one of those milk toast woke preachers? <laughs> Kindness is not softness or timidity. 
Don't you dare be fooled by kindness that comes from God. It's not someone that has the backbone with the consistency of a sponge. And neither is meekness. Meekness is nothing but strength and power under control. It's not a doormat. You want to talk meekness? Meekness is velvet steel. Kind and compassionate and tender in relationship, but it's like steel when it comes to how my life is and I tenderly bring this truth to others. Kindness is not tolerance or wrong or evil in other people because I know where some of you are going, but it is not that. Sometimes kind, the kindest thing you can ever do is to be frank and honest, clothed in velvet. <laughs> the kindest thing you do is be honest with someone when they are doing something that is evil and wrong that will destroy them. And it's unkind if you will not say anything because you're really a timid and fearful person because you reject, feel the rejection of losing the relationship more than being kind and honest to be truthful. That's why you never do these over email. You never do them over text. You never do them over your social media feeds. You show them your heart face to face in kindness. Do not resolve your arguments over emails, text, social media. You will lose every time. Everybody say Sila. 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 So never mind. I'm not going to go there. But kindness. But that kind of kindness. That kind of kindness actually earns you the right for people to hear you and they will listen to you. I'm not telling you they will agree with you, but they will finally start listening to you and maybe the Holy Spirit can actually do a work when it's clothed with something produced by the Holy Spirit, kindness and goodness. I mean, look at the New Testament parable about kindness. Here's a great testimony. It's, it's really kindness in action, and it's a New Testament parable that Jesus told, but some people actually believe that he was just referring to an actual event that actually really occurred that he'd known about. But Luke chapter 10 and verse 30 says, he tells the story. This is Jesus. This is a man. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and he saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, these are the ones despised by the Jews. But the Samaritan, as he, was, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey. He's bleeding. Took him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, looked after him, and he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. So you just look at this. This is actually a story of practicing compassion, actually showing Tuesday compassion, cultivating 
practicing kindness to people. This is actually true. This is actually a story. This is what Jesus is telling. And you see two kinds of people in these, in these unkind people. There's two kinds of unkind people here. I call them haters. They're haters. It's the robbers. These are people that are punishing. They're, they're hostile. They're angry people. They, they ravage another person. They inflict wounds upon people either by force or their own verbal manipulation or their own guile. They're, they're going to even the score. They, they play hit and run with people. They hit and run. Bam, bam. They do it with their spouses, bam, bam. They do it with their kids, they do it in business, they do it with their coworkers, they do it with their friends, they do it with teachers, they just boom, boom, and they're trying to make their jab and get going. Hit and run, they do it in social media, bam, throw that little thing in, throw that little text in there, that little jab. They're just gonna make their point, they're gonna even the score and they don't care about it, but they play hit and run with everybody. And then you find that another unkind person is the heartless. These were the priests and the Levites. These are the people in the ministry. These are the ones that are supposed to follow God. These are the ones. And they're supposed to be godly people, but they're indifferent. Now, they don't inflict pain. Well, I'm just glad I didn't do that. I was no part of that. They won't inflict violence, but they will not move a muscle to help or heal anybody. They just won't do it. They're only concerned about me. And did I keep the rules? I'm keeping the rules. Levites, priests, keeping the rules, keeping the law. I'm doing all the good stuff. They're rule keepers. And they're thinking, the reason you're in trouble is you probably broke one of God's rules. The reason that happened to you, you probably broke God's rule. You know why you're in that problem with your money? You probably broke one of God's rules. Because they're rule keepers. That justifies their entrance with God, their approval from God. They're rule keepers. Well, if you wouldn't have done that, this wouldn't happen to your body. Well, if you'd done this, this wouldn't happen to you this. That's rule keepers. That's why they're hit and run. Have you ever met those kind of believers in the body of Christ? Hit and run? Well, it's probably because you didn't follow God. Probably your problem. I'm telling you, that's probably what it is. And these are the kind of people that surround themselves in a room of mirrors instead of a room of windows where they can start looking out and intentionally look for people that are wounded. They're always examining themselves. I, I did right. I tithed. I gave. I volunteered. I gave to the poor. Rule keepers. But then there are the people that I believe God is raising up in this resilience, raising the bar teaching. We're going to be the healers. How many want to be healers? Come on, how many at home want to be healers? I can see that hand. Lift that hand. I can see you. It's hard to do it with a cup of coffee, isn't it? Amen. Hard to do it. Healers. How do I become a healer, Pastor Sam? So I'm going to give you some practical things. I want to give you just a couple of two practical things I'm going to ask you to do in your workout regimen on Tuesday when it comes to showing compassion and practicing kindness. You ready? Here's what I want you to do. Just ask. Just ask the Holy Spirit to open your heart to care. Just make it a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, would you make me attentive to care? Well, I'm always a caring purple. No, 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 no. There's stuff you may not be seeing. Ask him to open it up. Because you, remember, you and I, Pastor Sam, can't produce kindness. I can't do it. The Holy Spirit is the one that produces this kind of fruit. Ask him. And ask him this week, Lord, would you lay someone on my heart or put someone in my path that you want to reflect your care for them by using me? I mean, someone. Put them in my path. A family, a friend. I, I, I don't know who it is. Maybe, maybe it's the person the Holy Spirit tells you, pay for the coffee, the person's coming up behind you. They need this touch from God. I don't know what it is. 
Just practice compassion. Maybe the Lord will lay on your heart. A missionary is something that God says, I want you to start helping and empower them to accomplish the mission. Just let, speak to the Holy Spirit. It might be a family. It might be a friend. It might be someone you don't know. But ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you start opening up on Tuesday let me see someone that just needs me. Maybe it's you're at high school and it's that one kid that sits all by themselves, that one girl that sits all by herself over there and no one ever wants to sit with them. They have found no group to connect themselves to and you might be the lifeline that shows them God's plan for their life. Maybe. Just compassion. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you show me? And then again, exercise the power of immediacy. Can I let that just be something that's a part of your life this year? Exercise the power of immediacy. Can you say that with me? Exercise the power of immediacy and just go do it. Just go do it. Take action. But I want you to see this. It may not just people that are your friends, maybe family, coworker. Maybe God will have you exercise compassion on an enemy. The person you did not like at work that they gave the pink slip to because nobody else could stand them. But God says, I want you to go get them some groceries for the family and say, I'm sorry you lost your job. I don't know. I don't know what it might be. It could be someone you really don't like yourself. That's when we really know the Holy Spirit's producing it or Brother Sam's producing it is when I got to do something nice for somebody I think is a total jerk. I'm serious. Who's an enemy that you can pick out right now in your mind that you said, I never want to talk to them. I'll never associate with them. I want you to pick somebody out right now in your mind and ask God, God, if you showed me and there was a place I could express your compassion to them, I want you to reveal it to me. Think of the person. Say, oh, Pastor, I have no enemies. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> don't start off Sunday by lying like that. I know you got somebody. No, don't do it. See, why, why are you bringing this up? Because the Holy Spirit produces this, folks. And he can give you the power for actually God to deal with an enemy. You know how I know? Because even Jesus said it in Luke chapter 6, verse 35. He says, in fact, he didn't just say show compassion. He says, what's the first word in that scripture? Love your enemy. Wow, thanks loads. Love your enemy. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from, from heaven will be very great. So that means you're not going to get any praise here because when you tell other people what you did, they're going, you did what? Are you out of your mind? Because the reward will never be here. But it's going to be great when you stand before God because it is coming. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked you must be compassionate. This is not a suggestion. He says, you must be compassionate, just as your father is, what everybody, compassionate. So ask, everybody say ask. 
and then seize the power of the me to see and act. The moment he tells you on Tuesday, I want you to do it. Say, God, start showing me people on Tuesday. I can show compassion. Make me aware. Well, my, my campus, wherever I am, my work, show me. My neighborhood, show me immediately. The ladies in my mom's group, show me immediately. Show me immediately. And then here's what you when you act. Surprise someone because they will be surprised. I mean, throw them off guard and surprise them. How I many you know Jesus was, Jesus loved doing those surprises. <laughs> He'd sit with a Samaritan woman <laughs> and they're going, you're doing what? He'd go touch lepers, you're touching what? What? You're going to let little kids, you're going to let the children's ministry take this over now? You're going to let all the kids coming around now? Who else are you going to let in? Jesus was always doing drive-by blessings, just blowing their minds with surprising acts of his kindness. Now, you may you say, well, I can't raise the dead. He was healing people. He was healing lepers. Oh, you may be healing more than what you think. So how can I surprise someone? How can I act? This real story. Just look at the story. The story Jesus told about the Good Samaritan. Look at this. Just look at it. Here's what he did. First of all, he met him. It says he went to him. So that means you and I have to take the step of the action is to meet him, go to them, meet them. It's real simple. He met them. Then you know what he did after he met them? He didn't say, I'll be praying for you. No. He mended him. Look at verse 34. It says, and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Did you know how much money that cost for him to pay for the medical bill? I'll take care of your doctor's appointment. I'll take care of the medicals. Look at it. It costs money and it costs time. Kindness costs, but it cannot be bought. Cannot be bought. It just blows their minds. When you know, just meet them, you just mend them, and then he ministered to them. See, I just don't want to do it, just say I'm compassionate, and so I can be good and check off the compassion card. Everybody think how wonderful. In fact, I might even do a post about how kind I was. I saw this guy today. You know, I really appreciate these videos, but giving a guy $1,000 and then post it on social media so he can like, I'm just, I'm just, okay, I'm just being a little bad here. Okay, I'm not, I'm gonna leave it alone. But there are some times you need to testify things to encourage other people. That's a different motivation. Okay, I'm too. <laughs> Hurry to get this sermon done, buddy. And then he minute, and then he ministered to him. Now the real motivation is to minister to him, which is, and he took him to an inn and took care of him. He just didn't take care of him and say, okay, I've done it. This guy really went out of the way. Listen, he says, I want you to look after him. And he says, and I'm going to come back to follow up on this. So I really think there are places where God says, I'm going to use compassion, not just for you to do that one, but you might even be the one that God says, I'm going to build a relationship with him and you're going to be the one to introduce us. He might be doing that. Well, I, Pastor, I don't have the money to do that kind of stuff. It takes time and money. I got you covered. You know how I got you covered? Sign up and be a hero. How many know what a hero? How many know what a hero is? Okay, so there's some of you who don't. So just get that QR code right there and sign up and be a hero. Right there. It'll show you what to do. And that's how we do GR1 serve. One of the things we do, our pod, our point of distribution over here, through GoServe, which we started, we have now 103 churches now connected with GoServe. 
and we take these products that come from big box retailers that have been donated to us, we in turn start distributing that through the, through the churches, and the churches get heroes, which are the point of contact, and you find someone in need or someone away from the Lord, and you use that item that you find in our pod, you go through the app, then you take that item, and you say, here, I wanted to minister to you. I wanted to bless you. This is from me to you. If you ever need anything, I'm here for you. Start a conversation, and we've already solved the problem about you don't have money. We've got product already there. In fact, over the last two years, GoServe through all the churches has distributed $8.7 million with the retail valued product through all these churches to build relationships with people. Now that's a testimony of people actually in church doing something. Teenagers, you could be doing something right now. You can know of a friend that's going through something, couldn't get school supplies, something that might be there. And you look on that pot, you look on that app, and you find something. Sign up and be a hero. How many of you know, friends, compassion by the goodness of God, people can actually come to repentance and know him. Mm. Okay, I'm closing this, bringing in for a landing. I promise. It's not just kindness, it's goodness. So how do we find good? There's a lot of ways. Good food. You know, y'all know we get some good food. I can tell you we get some good Chinese food. Good Vietnamese food. I can tell you that. Good report. I got a good report. I got a good report. Good job. Good day. Good weather. Not so much. Do you know the word good and goodness is mentioned in the Bible 619 times? 619 times. Now people want to live a good life. Some people think that a good life is feeling good or having the goods or I'm just being good. The kind of goodness is not something that man manufactures. Because I hear some people say, you know, I believe man is inherently good. I do not. I do not. You must not have children then. You remember, remember raised a child because I didn't teach our children how to lie or to be selfish. I did not teach it to them. Brenda did not teach that to them. I think it's one of y'all did it. <laughs> it's because I have the ability to be selfish and lie. And so they pick it up on us, right? Come on. Man is not inherently good. I'm just telling you, there's just no way they're inherently good. I love what Paul says in Romans 3:12. There is no one who does good, not even one. Some people even believe that good works makes them good. How many know we are not saved by good works? But I am saved to do good works. You are saved to do good works and represent him. You're saved. Because goodness is only possible through God's grace. That's it. I love what Paul said in Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And I love the simple definition of justification. I love it, justified. It means just as if I'd never sinned. I am justified because of God's goodness. It means you give your life totally to Christ. And God says, you're okay with me because of what he did and you stand by faith with him. 
I love that. So goodness is not a matter of your head. It's not a good matter of what you do with your hand. It's a matter of what you do with your heart. Because being a good person does not make you good in the eyes of God. What makes Sam Reifkogel good in the eyes of God is the finish work of Jesus Christ when he brutally was crucified and murdered that his blood would totally wash away my sins and I receive it. I am not saved by good works. I am saved for good works because of how good he was to me when I could not earn it or deserve it or perform enough acts of kindness to be accepted by him. How many thank God for his goodness? Amen. There's nothing you can do. Only God can change your heart. <laughs> so many people try so hard. It's good to feel good about when you do something good. It is. You know, and inspire other people to do the same. That's a great thing. That's really a great thing. But you got to remember, church, it's real easy to be doing good stuff and thinking that God's chalking up all these good marks for Pastor Sam when it's merely what he did that gets me in. It's, it's just, it was only by what he did that I get in. So this week, you know, this, this week, you know, a lot, of, we always think of Sarah, but a lot of thoughts are Sarah, especially on Friday, we had a lot of thoughts of Sarah. And I got to just share one with you that I've, I shared a couple years ago, but it was so, so true of that is not our goodness and our performance. And it, I reflected on when Sarah was four years old, uh, we were at a family camp and we, Brenda was in a pool with Sarah. And she was about four years old, I think. And Sarah was always just all the time. I mean, she'd just, just talk all the time. Four years old. And Brenda noticed that she had all these kids gathered around the steps of this pool. And they were all sitting around. But Sarah was the focus of the attention. And she's just jabbering away. And Brenda noticed a mom sitting right there beside him, just sitting there listening and then talking to Sarah. So Brenda thought, I better go over and see what's going on. I just don't tell them what she's saying. And Brenda says, what, what, what is she talking about? What's Sarah saying? What, what, all the kids are gathering. She goes, well, she's telling them how to get saved. She's telling them how to, how to come to Jesus. And she said, so I asked your daughter, asked her, well, how much does it cost to get saved? And she said, she didn't blink an eye. She said, $9.95. Okay. Okay. We didn't allow our kids to watch any TV. Could you tell? Could you tell? 995. But I do wonder. I do wonder if we think that we can somehow pay the 995 to curry his love and favor and his salvation for us. Can I just tell you, my brother, my sister, God's going to use you as an agent to show his unconditional love for people. Because by the Spirit of God, as you ask Him, He's going to reveal to you and you're going to take the power of immediacy and you're going to demonstrate the love and kindness of God. You're going to do it. And people are going to know Jesus Christ and say, I don't know what that person is, but whatever that is, I want that. How many thank God compassion is going to fill this house of the resilient people of God? Amen.